This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Our story this week picks up where we left off last week. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha in caverns deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to episode 726 of the Two-Headed Nerd comic book podcast. I am your head number one. My name is Matt Baum, and with the passing of 2023, it's time to look back at the best comics had to offer this year. And I'm your head number two, but you might know me better as the internet's Joe Patrick. While Matt and I didn't read everything that came out this year, we'll be celebrating the year's best comics, characters, and creators as part of our deep breath. 13th annual Golden Bapo Awards. That's right. It's an institution. Okay. Beppo's a man now. That's right. Actually, it, it would be his uh, bar mitzvah this year. Mazel tov. <laughs> tov. Golden Beppo. Each of our winners will take home the coveted THN Golden Beppo Award featuring Superman's pal, Beppo the Super Monkey, cast in solid 24 carat, that's carat with a C, mind you, gold. Joe, before we get started, let's remind these nerds where Beppo, our mascot, comes from. Beppo the Super Chimp was created by Otto Bender and George Papp. He first appeared in Superboy number 76. That was in October of 1959. Holy, he's older than both of us. Beppo is a Kryptonian monkey, or ape, I suppose. That was, chimps are apes, right? They're apes. They're not monkeys. They're apes. Well, I mean, sure, but he goes by the name Beppo the Super Monkey. I mean, I get it. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm trying uh, to be respectful Beppo, of Beppo. Uh, maybe on Krypton, maybe on Krypton chimps are monkeys. Beppo identifies as a monkey. Chip. Okay. Let's be polite. <laughs> all right. Beppo. Uh, if you could open your mind for one episode. Okay. That would be so great. sorry. Wow. Let's... <laughs> Hopefully that's the last sort of joke like that we make tonight. Beppo is a Kryptonian monkey that was one of Jor-El's test subjects. Uh, they were totally cool with animal experimentation back in the day on Krypton. Science! He, he stowed away on Superman's rocket, and when he got to Earth, he had the same powers as Superman. Now, you might be wondering, where was he for literally Superman's entire childhood and adolescence? Not important. Who's to say? Uh, later, Beppo would go on to join the Legion of Super Pets. I guess he did appear when he was uh, in the pages of Superboy, but like, still, he didn't become Superboy until he was a teenager. Yeah, I suppose. What didn't he run around with Super Baby for a while and stuff too? And like me, Super. Baby. I don't. I can't vouch for that statement. <laughs> I have no idea. I feel like that happened. We, we are proud to present these trophies to the creators who represent the best stuff we read this year. Today, we celebrate 2023, the year in comics, and it all starts with award time in the ziggurat. Twenty twenty three was another banner year for comics, but it also had its ups and downs. Substacks slipped by the wayside, while Distillery sort of burst onto the scene. DC swept Lazarus Planet under the carpet, and Soup's got a whole new family. While over at Marvel, the Sins of Sinister event led into what looks like the end of the tropical X orgy. And of course, it was once again a huge year for manga sales. 
We lost too many legendary creators to name here. New imprints were born, and the digital marketplace has yet to kill print comics 15 years after their death was declared by retailers everywhere. Today, we're here to celebrate the best of what 2023 had to offer, or at least the stuff we read this year. We begin with the awards for the hardest working people in the industry. Of course, we mean the fictional character. Sure. Matt, who won your best hero of 2023? There was a lot of great heroes to talk about this year. My nominees go to Moon Knight, of course, died recently in the pages of Jed McKay's Moon Knight. Nightwing has continued to be absolutely stellar and is just whipping ass on the Titans book as well. That character had a fantastic year. Hal Jordan is back and better than ever in the pages of Green Lantern. Jeremy Adams has such a wonderful hold on that character. Wonder Woman has been absolutely incredible. And then over at Image, Crossjack in the pages of Local Man has been <laughs> outstanding. Standing. I cannot tell you how good that book is. But my winner, I got to give it to Moon Knight. The poor guy just died. He's going to be reborn real quick here. Big as hell. Jed McKay did just an amazing job with that character arc and really wove together a lot of the things that we loved about the last two arcs of the character and from the last two creators that were on him. I, it was tough for me because Nightwing had such a great year. And I don't know, maybe they killed him in the pages of Beast World, I'd be saying Nightwing. But I'm going with Moon Knight. <laughs> uh, my nominees for this year, uh, also Moon Knight. Uh, Superman, who is crushing it in his uh, new self uh, self-titled, yeah, his new self-titled book by Joshua Williamson, as well as in Action Comics with the Superman family. Uh, Wally West, a.k.a. The Flash. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern. Jon Stewart. Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, and Ms. Marvel, who died, immediately returned, yep. and was uh, outed as a mutant. And it, it all she, through it all, she maintained that uh, Kamala Khan uh, flair that we've grown to love about her. Uh, my winner, however, is The Flash, Wally West, baby. I feel like 2023 was the year of the Wally. Solid pick. That's and, a solid pick. And he... he not only is he still going strong as the Flash of the DC Universe, he celebrated his Milestone 800th issue. He launched a trippy new sci-fi series by Cy Spurrier. And Jeremy Adams, the aforementioned Jeremy Adams, who crushes it every month on Green Lantern, totally redeemed everything that happened to Wally during the dark Heroes in Crisis era. Undid it completely. Thankfully. Chef's kiss. Yeah. Well done, Mr. Adams. Thank you for that. Wally had a hell of a year and it shows no signs of stopping. He's my favorite hero of 2023. Moon Knight, a close second. Behind every good hero is a whole cadre of scheming, odious, sometimes genius, and other times just plain monstrous villains. And 2023 showcased some of the biggest and best. Joe Patrick, who gets your Beppo for the best villain of 2023? All right. My nominees for this one were Sinestro in the pages of Green Lantern, Starscream in the pages of Transformers, Graft and Dr. Farm, the uh, 
creepy scientist duo working behind the scenes in the pages of Superman. They sound gross. They are. Uh, Orcus slash Faye Long slash Dr. Stasis in all of the X-Men titles. The Maker from Ultimate Invasion and the upcoming Ultimate Universe relaunch. And Black Spectre, the big bad of Jed McKay's Moon Knight run. Uh, I had to give it, though, just based on the sheer volume of terror they have inflicted on the heroes of the books that they appear in. My Bebo for best villain goes to Orcus, Faylong, Dr. Stasis, et cetera, et cetera. Not Nimrod is I there. I say not Nimrod and MODOK, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, look, I, I'm not too keen on MODOK and the Vulture and, like, the Rhino being part of Orcus because Orcus is racist. However, uh, yeah, I do love Nimrod. <laughs> Nimrod's just a machine, man. What do you want? Fair. Fair. Though he does like, he's very sensitive for a, for a machine from the, a killing machine from the future. Yeah, he is kind of a sensitive dude. <laughs> Come to think. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I, I, I love the idea. I love the, the kind of, uh, slow build Orcus, uh, the X writers starting with Hickman were working towards in the pages of all the X books that came to a head in the Hellfire Gala 2023, uh, a, a single issue I did not like, however, I love that we're finally getting to that ripping the bandaid off portion of the story where they've made their move. And now as of this week, uh, I haven't read it yet, but the fall of the house of X number one came out and now it's the X-Men's time to fight back. I haven't read it. Tell you what spoilers. We'll talk about it next week on the show. Yes, we will. I'm just saying it's number one. It's it's I've read it. It's it's number one. It's number one. All right. It like, and not everything is going to be solved in one issue. No, but yeah, Orcus. I've just I've I've really enjoyed their time and how they've kind of spread beyond the X books even into the pages of things like Iron Man. I mean, I guess okay. So they didn't make my list because I guess there were things about it that just seemed a little too big. Like we talked about it on the show. Well, whatever. My nominees for best villain: The Maker, also on my list from Ultimate Invasion. Fear from World Tree, that's PH34R, the naked woman that's killing people on the pages of World Tree. Ruben Baksh from Rare Flavors. Starscream from Transformers. Mr. Sinister, star of Sins of Sinister. And the Penguin from Tom King's Penguin. But my winner had to go to Ruben Baksh. That character from Rare Flavors is such a wonderful, joyful bad guy that you forget He's a demon and he's doing terrible things. <laughs> and there is really, really bad stuff behind all this food adventure that he's taking people on. <laughs> he's so nefarious and so wonderful. I love that character. If you have not checked out that book, go pick up Rare Flavors. Now, not all characters fit neatly into the hero or villain category. And just to prove that we don't just read superhero comics on this show, we've added a new category for best main character or ensemble in a non-superhero comic. Matt, you're constantly trying to make me read non-superhero stuff, so start us off. Nominees for my best lead character or ensemble for non-superhero books. 
was Newburn from the pages of Newburn, the Chip Zdarsky book that everybody forgets is coming out and should be reading. It's wonderful. The Grumpled Old Detective. Erica Slaughter from Something is Killing the Children. That book just gets better and better. All of the damn Transformers from the Transformers book. And Ellie Bloody L. Hawthorne from Damn Them All. This was the character that uh, runs around with a hatchet. She's sort of a spiritual successor to Cy Spurrier's version of John Constantine that he wrote in Hellblazer. It's a great book, but I had to give it to an ensemble and I had to go with the Transformers. What they have done, what Daniel Warren Johnson has done with that book, and you're going to hear me mention it several more times during these awards, but what he's done with that book is just too good because of its simplicity. And he's just captured the voices of the way we thought about them from the cartoon, the things people loved about them from the comics, and boiled it all down like he does into a wonderful comic book. My best ensemble has to go to the Transformers. It's too good. Although I could argue it is a superhero book. <laughs> I mean, I had, that, I had that thought as well, but I decided, eh. It was that or Erica it's, Slaughter, because that character just it's, it's keeps getting better. It's my show, so I can better. do what I want. Uh, my nominees for Best Lead Character or Ensemble... Uh, I went with a singular Transformer, Optimus Prime, Duke from Duke, uh, the pages of Duke, you which just issue. launched. You had one issue. <laughs> Come on. Hey, whatever, man. You have you have a comic on yours that only has one issue out, so I don't want to hear about what it. What comic is that? Superman, The Last Days of Lex Luthor only has one issue Yeah, but out. I'm just mentioning that because the writer wrote it, <laughs> That's along with several other no, things. No, you have it in your best mini category. No, I don't. All right, look. I'm Duke. He's on the list. Okay. All right. Uh, Erica Slaughter from something is killing the children. Ruben Bax from rare flavors. Samantha strong from beneath the trees where nobody sees. And Darak and Solila from void rivals. They've got kind of this enemy mind sort of thing going on where they were stranded together and had to work together to survive. They're from rival races, like warring races, big old space opera craziness. Uh, but I got to give it to my boy Optimus. He's he's my favorite lead character from a non cape and tight book this year. I love the dude. This is a solid pick. Yeah, Optimus is great. Did some cool shit. Joe Patrick, as well you know, everybody needs a buddy. And while they aren't necessarily the star of the show, like you, Supporting characters can be just as important as the stars they support, like me. Who was your best supporting character of 2023? I'm being humble. Okay, thank you. <laughs> My nominees include two characters from Moon Knight, Reese, the vampire assistant i guess yeah. i don't know what executive assistant her. i think you would call her valet <laughs> i don't know um from moon knight hunter's moon the other fist of Kanshu, uh which i love barbara gordon from the pages of nightwing such a great supporting character jack of hearts from the she-hulk title uh his relationship with jen and their budding romance is just so sweet Lex Luthor, Superman's enemy ally, helping him from the uh, from within his cell at Strikers Island Prison in the pages of Superman. And my dark horse for this year, 
the red bee <laughs> from the pages of Peacemaker Tries Hard, uh, a black label miniseries by Kyle Starks and Steve Pugh. And I'm giving it to the red bee. I did like the red bee. <laughs> the red bee was pretty good. <laughs> He's a character that obviously a joke, right? He's a golden age character who has a trained bee that he takes into battle. I figured Nazis. he was an existing character, but I just didn't like, I, I didn't know if Kyle Starks maybe made him up or combined two characters or something. No, no. But he, of course, I mean, he he's obviously, he's a lot different than sure. any version of the Red Bee, but he is a uh, yeah, no, the Red, the Red <laughs> Bee is an existing DC golden age character. Okay. A very real character that existed. And he held in the pages of Peacemaker tries hard. He is Peacemaker's parole officer. And he ends up taking pity on him when uh, Peacemaker's dog. A French bulldog named Bruce Wayne. Or is he a pug? I don't know. I, I, I wasn't quite I, sure. It's hard to tell. He's a smash face dog. Could be a pug. Could yeah. be a French bulldog. Uh, but he names he named it. He named his dog Bruce Wayne. Because he's so good. Bruce looking. Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Wayne was uh, kidnapped by the brain in Monsieur Mala and uh, the Red Bee took pity on Peacemaker's plight and helped him out uh, in his efforts to rescue Bruce Wayne. And it's such a great series and he's so great in it. My Beppo goes to the Red Bee. That's a good one. That's a good one. Punchbot from uh, the Batman uh, Offworld almost made mine, but I was like, I need a little more from Punchbot before he does. I really like him so far, though. My nominees go to Clea from the latest Doctor Strange. She just keeps getting better. And the storyline with the Sergeant Strange that's running around is fantastic. Hunter's Moon from Moon Knight. Both those books from Jed McKay, by the way. Inga Johansson who from Local Man, who is Krawshack's ex-girlfriend and current arch nemesis. She also has a book coming out in 2024 called Bad Girls. And it's exactly what you think. <laughs> it looks fantastic. Sergeant Steel from Wonder Woman has been such a delightfully nasty character. <laughs> Nightcrawler, who is in Legion of X, Uncanny Spider-Man, and X-Men Blue. I am going to admit I have to give this one to Nightcrawler because he went through a lot this year and came out. But he's out. the lead in all three of those books. No, I mean, it's a, one's a team book. He's the lead in Uncanny Spider-Man and X-Men Blue I would argue Mystique was your main character because she mm. did a lot of work in that one. All right. mm -hmm. <laughs> but we ended up fixing Nightcrawler. He went through a lot, started the year with horns and like a genetic freak ended up murdering a bunch of people. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't really know anything about what was going on with Nightcrawler other than the, in the pages of Uncanny Spider-Man. They cleaned that character up a lot. I mean, it all started in Sins of Sinister because Sinister hated him. So he made a bunch of Nightcrawler clones that just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And then one of them Orcus took control of and murdered a bunch of people with. It was a whole thing. So he went Yikes. through a lot. He had a rough year. I'm giving it to Nightcrawler. Now it is time to celebrate the creators that probably could make more money working in Hollywood any other year except for 2023. We begin with the person <laughs> who comes up with the hook for the event. The heroic way a character gets killed and sometimes the reason a character has two mommies. Joe, who is your best writer of 2023? Uh, well, apologies to Cyspur here. He's not, he's not on my list. But my nominees are Kelly Thompson from Birds of Prey, 
Black Cloak, The Call, etc., etc. Kyle Starks from Peacemaker Tries Hard and Where Monsters Lie. Mark Wade from Batman Superman World's Finest, Superman The Last Days of Lex Luthor, Teen Titans World's Finest, or World's Finest Teen Titans, Shazam. I mean, Lazarus Planet. <laughs> whatever, whatever. They can't all be hits. No. Jed McKay from Moon Knight, Avengers, Doctor Strange. Uh, Jeremy Adams killing it on The Flash and Green Lantern. And our close personal friend, world famous young adult novelist, Rainbow Rowell, writer of She-Hulk slash sensational She-Hulk. My best writer, though, I've got, again, just like 2023 was the year of Wally, it was the year of Wade, baby. Mark Wade is back in a major way at DC, a company that I swore I thought he was never going to work for again. Yeah. CM Punk is back at WWE and Mark Wade is back at DC. It's a crazy, <laughs> it's a crazy year, Joe Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like there are other books that, uh, that ranked higher for me in terms of like winning our, our singular Beppos, but. Mark Wade came back to DC and just breathed fresh air into book after book after book. Yeah. World's finest yeah. is one of the most joyful reading experiences I have every single month that comes out. He made me like the teen Titans. I don't even like the teen Titans. The teen Titans <laughs> book is great. Shazam is great. I mean, yeah. Mark Wade. Welcome back, Bobby. I've, I've always loved you. My nominees for Best Writer also include Mark Wade for all the same reasons. But there's more. Al Ewing, who worked on X-Men Red, Immortal Thor, and Avengers Incorporated. Tom King, who worked on Wonder Woman, The Penguin, Gotham City Year One, Danger Street, Human Target finished up this year, and Animal Pound just started over at Boom. And issue one was brutal. <laughs> James Tinney. Animal Pound, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it came out a couple weeks ago. Oh, James Tinney in the four for his work on world tree house of slaughter. Something is killing the children and his universal monster Dracula hardcover that came out from or trade paperback that came out from graphic novel that came out from image was so good. Jed McKay who worked on moon Knight, Avengers, which is, uh, but Dr. Strange is absolutely Avengers fantastic. Is good. It's fine. It's Avengers is fine. I know I'm going to say it's great. It's, it's good. I've enjoyed his great. Moon Knight. I said good. I've enjoyed his Moon Knight and his Doctor Strange considerably more. But at the end of the day, I there were so many writers that did so much good stuff that I just had to say, okay, who did the most good stuff? And I've got to give it to Tom King. I can't fight it. Between Not Wonder Woman. Not quantity, Matt, but all right. But between Wonder Woman, the Penguin, Gotham City Year One, the end of human target, which was outstanding danger street, which I like, it's really weird. but I like it, man. I, I think Tom King is just knocking it out of the park right now and did the thing, brought it back down to earth and proved. I don't just have to do this black label stuff. I can write a regular one wonder woman series and it's going to be great. I can write the penguin in regular continuity and it's fantastic. And Gotham city, you're one just an outstanding book. And I'm going to talk more about that later, but Tom King, my writer of the year, couldn't fight it. This is a celebratory show. So I will say that I really liked Gotham city year one. (laughs) Congratulations, Tom King.
don't get me wrong, writers are important, but we don't come to comics to read a bunch of words. We come for the pretty pictures of Wolverine gutting a predator or Optimus Prime ripping his own arm off. Without the artist, we'd all just be reading real books. No thanks! <laughs> so now, it's time to honor the best artist of 2023. Matt Bomb, your nominees, please. This one is so hard because there were there were people that are just absolute masters. Raphael Grandpa, for example, who has only has one issue of Batman Gargoyle of Gotham out, but it was stunning, absolutely amazing, you know? And my other nominees are guys like Nick Klein, working on Incredible Hulk. Absolutely amazing. Dan Mora, for his work on Batman Superman, World's Finest. Hermonico on Green Lantern. Steve Scross, Clobbering Time, which probably, like, my surprise hit miniseries of the year. It was so good. It was pretty fun. And yeah. Daniel Warren Johnson on Transformers. But, man, I have to give it to Steve Scross. His work on what would otherwise be a, a thing team up book that no one is going to pay attention to. It's so outstanding and visually funny and exciting. A thing, a thing oh. team up book featuring four random team ups. completely random. Yeah. It has no yeah. business being as great as it is. And it's Steve Scross. That dude is just sickeningly talented and just laid it down. I mean, yeah. For four yeah, issues drawing. I would argue the hardest character in the Marvel universe to draw and make look kick ass. As somebody who draws on a regular basis, I am here to tell you that the thing is very difficult. Yeah. I, I mean, gotta be one uh, of the I'm hardest, not a, right? Like, I'm not a professional, but uh, like, yeah, take it from me. The thing sucks to draw. Really fun to look at, though. That's a great pick, Matt. Uh, my nominees included Nick Klein for his work on The Incredible Hulk. Uh, Dan Mora, of course. Daniel Warren Johnson. Our lists are, are very similar to a point. Hermanico, or as I like to call him, Zermanico. Uh, but here's where we div deviate. Jamal Campbell, artist of Superman. He's that fantastic. fantastic. Wow, he's out. That book is good looking. And number one in my heart, but back on the stands in a major way, our boy, Phil Hester. Yeah. Who drew Gotham City year one and has been a mainstay in the pages of Green Arrow uh, for this most recent arc. And uh, boy, man, that guy is so good. Yeah, and just gets better and better. And I mean, they pick him for these jobs because he's so good at these types of stories. There's very few yeah. people that could hang with a book like Gotham City Year One and, and give it the style that he does. God, I love that. Yeah. And I'm telling you, this, this, this is a game time decision, Matt Bomb, because I've highlighted three different names so far and then changed my mind. But I think I'm giving my golden bevel for best artist of the year to Phil Hester. Really? Not Daniel Warren Johnson, it. which you have written down. <laughs> okay. I, look, I'm not saying that the golden Beppo choices make any damn sense whatsoever. Hey, but, after but if 13, the, if the votes are after, split, you got to go 13, with it. You know, after 13 years, you should expect it by now. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson what made me, it was going to be Daniel Warren Johnson, but what made me change it was we talked about him for literally the entire episode last year. And, and you think he's I gotten just, worse I, since then? No, no, no. I yeah. just want to give, I want to no, give, just, just say, I, you think his style has slipped in that time. 
You will, <laughs> it will become abundantly clear throughout the rest of the podcast that that is not the case. But uh, I want to give my props to a, a, a new name this year. Same with Dan Moore. We gushed about Dan Moore for like two or three years straight. You know, it's just Phil Hester, when he came back on these big name projects and he crushed it like he was a new, a brand new superstar artist. Like the dude's been doing this for 30 years. I'm rubbing it in his he's face. He's always man. been this good, baby. Just, sorry, he's so old. Jeez. Look, hey, <laughs> Phil Hester, if you haven't checked out his work, please do. He gets my Beppo for best artist 2023. Sorry, Dan Mora. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. You know, maybe next year, brother. He got Let's the see. award. He's gotten the award before. No, he never has. We've always been like, he's so good, but I had to pick this person. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm sure. I'm almost positive we've given it to him. Joe, I know you're a guy like me, and if it wasn't for digitally airbrushed, scantily clad, busty ladies with impossibly small waists and legs spread wide on the cover, we wouldn't even notice these new comics on the rack. Bad Girls number one, coming soon from Image Comics. <laughs> it is time to give out the Beppo for the best cover artist of 2023. This is a boy. I didn't even remember that this was a category, to be completely it's honest. A thing. We do it just like the Eisners the with a few extras. <laughs> Yeah. And we cut out the stuff that we don't care about. Best international trade publication. What does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sure. Right. <laughs> but my nominees for best cover artist are Alex Ross, who the, the dude has never, he has never stopped churning out the most stunningly gorgeous covers that you will ever see on the planet. And I know that there are people out there that criticize him uh, and say things like, I feel like every Alex Ross painting looks the same. Well, have you seen Fantastic Four full circle? They're, yeah, because, they're not paying attention because his like style- He has reinvented himself time and time again. Yeah. The, covers of the, fan, the covers of Fantastic Four are uh, and Immortal Hulk a few years back, for that matter, and Immortal Thor. They're, they're so different than the usual like posed stuff that we used to see back in the day. Uh, Bruno Redondo for Nightwing. That guy crushes it on covers every time. Uh, Steve Beach. I think that he might be somebody that only I love. He is the cover artist of Action Comics. He does these weird painted, like, like if Norman Rockwell painted action scenes. They're beautiful. Kind of. Yeah, they're beautiful. And, like, But they're weird, too. And, but that's why I like it. Uh, hey, Daniel Warren Johnson, an artist who Matt thinks I hate. Uh, he draws tremendous covers on the pages of Transformers. Uh, last year's Do a Powerbomb was a favorite around here. And Peach Momoko, who has done, I think, literally a billion Marvel variants. All of, of them. Different I think she did all of them. Uh, and I, I will tell you what. At first, I didn't get it. But now, over time, I've come around... And I've become a huge fan. And so my Beppo for best cover artist goes to Peach Momoko. Fair. She's fantastic. I love her work. She is fantastic. I agree. My nominees are, are fairly similar to some of yours. Alex Ross is here. Bruno Redondo is also here and just keeps getting better. Bjorn Barons made mine. The cover artist of Ghost Rider who does some of the scariest... I don't, I don't know, no, Bjorn. Oh, man. Some of the scariest flaming skull work you'll ever see. It's just great. 
Mark Brooks, for his work on Immortal X-Men, continues to just be stunningly gorgeous. Hermonico, for his covers on Green Lantern, and Daniel Warren Johnson, for his work on Transformers, for the end of the day, I cannot fight it. I have to give it to Alex Ross. Alex I Ross. Mean, it's he's crushing it. Like we said, continues to reinvent himself. I will not I will no longer listen to criticisms like it all looks the same. You're not paying attention. It doesn't it doesn't all look you the same. You are absolutely not paying attention if you think that. Yeah. Uh, just look at his covers of Immortal Thor alone for an that's example like, of that's what That's like he's doing. saying every Daniel Warren Johnson drawing looks the same. Right. What you're noticing is a style. That's not the same thing. That like but the things that the He's taken on these psychedelic aspects of his style that yes. he didn't really used to have. It used to be very Norman Rockwell. Like, like you the imagine. crazy colors. And right? he has gone nuts with different filters and digital coloring. And it looks incredible. Any other artist, like if you think, I'm not going to name names. So we can think of artists that we liked. And then they're like, I'm going to try this new thing and incorporate it into my style. And we went, ah, stop doing that. You know, please don't. <laughs> right. Alex Ross no, is the exact don't. opposite. The guy is a master, an absolute master. Continues to reinvent himself. Love him. Gets my golden belt. I cannot, I cannot fault you for that pick because you're not wrong. That's it's it's all a matter of taste, really. And but I think that we can both agree. Anybody that says Alex Ross's art is stale is not really looking. No, you're not paying attention. Our final round of awards go to the comics themselves. We start with stories that burned bright but finished fast. Matt, what was your best miniseries of 2023? I had to go through my notes. All 236 pages of my reviews, by the way. Looking yeah, for, I have 250 pages. Yeah, using the control F and searching for the word mini. <laughs> so as much as we make fun of Image for the mini series premiere and all their solicits, I am now going to thank them for that because it's very helpful when doing things like this. My nominees go to TMNT, Usagi Ujimbo from IDW. It was just Stan Sakai, Stan Sakaiing all over the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I loved it. Swamp Thing, Green Hell from DC, Jeff Lemire, and Doug Mankey on the Swamp Thing. If you need more than that, then I don't have anything in common with you, all right? Subgenre from Dark Horse, also Jeff Lemire, who had a very good year. Gotham City Year One from DC, Tom King. Peacemaker Tries Hard from DC Black Label was absolutely hilarious. Briar from Boom, which was sort of a, a Cinderella story. If Cinderella was more of a badass and lived in a harder yeah. world by or, Christopher no, Cantwell. It was, sleeping, it was Sleeping Beauty. Oh, pardon me, Sleeping Briar, Beauty. Briar yeah. Rose is, is yeah. Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. But end of the day, the winner, it has to go to Gotham City year one. Not only was it one of the best miniseries, it, the best miniseries I read this year, it is one of the best Gotham City cop stories I've read since GCPD. It is an outstanding mini. The name of that book was Gotham Central. Well, yeah. I love stories about the people of Gotham who are just sort of caught in the crossfire of Batman's war on crime and it's wacky or, you know, cadre of villains. The cops, Slam Bradley, I love that character. And Phil Hester just did such a wonderful job on this book. It's my best miniseries of 2023. Loved it. 
My nominees for Best Mini are Peacemaker Tries Hard by Kyle Starks and Steve Pugh, Gotham City Year One by Tom King and Phil Hester, Immortal Sergeant by Joe Kelly and Ken I Nimura. I forgot about that one. That was a great book. Uh, Spy Superb by Matt Kent. Matt and Charlene Kent, I'm sure. Uh, and Ultimate... In- oh, I have two more. Sorry. Ultimate Invasion by Jonathan Hickman and Brian Hitch. Reinventing the Ultimate Universe in a way that we didn't expect. And World's Finest Teen Titans. The little book that could. The the book that no one... The spinoff nobody really asked for, but still... Everybody loves. It's so good. However, I've got to give my Beppo to one book, and that book is Peacemaker Tries Hard from DC Black Label. It's... I had so much fun reading that dumb book. And a book, like, just like the Peacemaker show, Peacemaker Tries Hard takes the dumbest character and turns out the most ridiculous and also heartwarming. Yeah. Story. But that's also ultra, like, that's where Kyle Stark lives, right? That's Kyle oh, Stark's yeah. Kyle job. Kyle Stark was born yeah. to write the Peacemaker book. He needs to be writing but this give show. Give him a Peacemaker ongoing. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want him to write for the show because then he'll get too busy. Well, then he'll comics, make more money and maybe be able to retire someday. Yeah. No, you're right. Sorry, Jeff. Kyle. You're ours. <laughs> you can't go to TV. Sorry. I'm being selfish. Uh, Gotham City Year One, I did really enjoy overall, but there was just something about it that kept me from giving it my top award, and that was Tom King. He Dude could not resist his little, like, it all ties together. Here's a hint about the origin of Batman in the Golden Age of God. No. I didn't. See, I, that didn't bother me at all. Oh, no, I hated it. I I hate that shit. I thought it was very clever. No, Batman, Bruce Wayne became Batman because a bat flew in his window by happenstance. It could have been anything. I think there's more to it. He could have been a sparrow. He could have been more to it than that. (laughs) He could have been sparrow, man. I sincerely hope Bruce Wayne didn't find a bullfrog and go, now I know how I will terrify the night. Ribbit, you know? Yeah, it's me. It's me, the terror... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah anyway i i just i don't i don't need that kind of tom king you know make everything a thing you know sometimes a story can stand on its own without being tied to some sort of larger mythos but other than that i thought that the miniseries was excellent uh but i didn't have more fun i didn't have as much fun with anything as i had with peacemaker it was a lot of fun Every year sees a flood of new series hitting the stands, and while not all of them are going to make it to next year, it doesn't mean they aren't worth celebrating. It's not always about sales, Joe. I can't tell that to you enough, all right? What was your best new series of 2023? Hey, man, you're the one that's obsessed with the top 300 nominees. It's an inside joke. That's what that was. I get it. My nominees for best new series are Transformers by Daniel Warren Johnson, Birds of Prey by Kelly Thompson and Leonardo Romero, Green Lantern by Jeremy Adams and uh, Hermanico, Incredible Hulk by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Nick Klein, and a book that we haven't talked about since it came out, basically, Scarlet Witch by Steve Orlando and Sarah Pacelli. It's very good. That book has been wonderful. It's very good. It's so good. But oh, Mark Brooks doing series. covers for that too. I forgot to mention that. So 
And they're great. Oh, see, there you have it. Uh, best new series for me, Transformers. Like hands down, that that book, <laughs> that book just does. It speaks to something in my like six year old lizard brain. Yeah, where it like sparks something that's been long dead. Right, which is what Daniel Warren Johnson does. That's his job. You know, like that's yeah. his wheelhouse. Just like, all right, what's the thing everybody likes about this? Uh, these two things. Okay, that's what we're doing. <laughs> you know, and just yeah. make it awesome. You know. I'm going to tear the bandaid off. My winner is also Transformers. I had some other nominees on here that you did not have. Local Man by Tony Fleeks and Tim Seeley made mine. Under the Trees, Where Nobody Sees was also on here. Oh, did you have that one? Or no? I didn't. I, you know, I, I didn't put Under the Trees Where Nobody's, uh, Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees me, because. Sorry. I didn't put Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees on my list because a lot of those kind of indie like boom and IDW books are just minis. And so I, I just, I didn't count it. True. Yeah. But, but it's it, also it's new. Wonderful, so though. I just figured why not? Yeah. Yeah. Know? No, no, it's great. Birds of prey also made mine incredible Hulk. But like I said, at the end of the day, look, it was the biggest book of the year for a reason. And it's because it, it shouldn't be hard to write. And Daniel Warren Johnson understands that when you have art as kick ass as his too, and covers, that are that friggin' amazing that we literally can't fight it. There's a generation of nerds that cannot fight it. We're doomed. We have to read Transformers. <laughs> well done, That's sir. True. Sometimes continuity has us tearing out our hair, and other times it leaves us crying like babies. While they may get a new number one every year, the stalwart comic series will continue to thrill and piss us off, sometimes simultaneously. So, Matt, what was your best ongoing series of 2022? You've heard a lot of my nominees mentioned tonight. One of them I only mentioned here. Incredible Hulk had to be nominated. Saga came back. It's still wonderful. She-Hulk makes a list. Nightwing and Moon Knight, but... At the end of the day, I gave it to the same thing last year. It's Nightwing. I cannot stop loving that book. It is so well done. And it just, there's going to come a time where Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo leave this book. And I don't think anyone can do it better. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying it. I don't think anyone can. I don't know what they would do. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know who... I don't know who follows uh, yeah, Tom Taylor. It is not a job. Bruno, like, maybe you just killed Dick Grayson. I don't know. <laughs> just say we're yeah, done. Let's not be hasty. We're done here. Bruno Redondo has not drawn the most recent arc. I hope that means that he's not off the book and that he's just taking a break. I think he's but, just like, taking this, yeah. this pirate arc what has been by um, Stephen Byrne, who it, drew the Wonder Twins. Yeah, it's still great. Uh, the Wonder Twins, the Mark Russell's Wonder Twins. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I did not put Nightwing on my list. Because there were so many great books this year. Uh, not that I disagree. Uh, like Nightwing is, is wonderful. But my nominees include Birds of Prey, uh, She-Hulk slash the sensational She-Hulk. It relaunched with the added adjective uh, a couple months ago. But to spur and say. Yeah, of that course. That was the problem before. Like, what, you know, sensational? What are you guys even doing? You know? <laughs> well, look, She-Hulk has always struggled with sales. So right. I don't, like, I don't, I'm not mad at him for it. Transformers, uh, Green Lantern, 
The new Jeremy Adams Green Lantern book. Man, is it good. It is very good. It, it just, uh, I haven't had quite enough of it to say it's the best ongoing that I read this year. That was the only. I mean, we're six or seven issues in. True, already, true. So. But I mean, that's almost, a, that's at least half a year. I suppose. Uh, and of course, Batman Superman World's Finest, which is probably, it's got to be in my top five favorite books at DC. But I'm giving my favorite ongoing series to She-Hulk. That's the first book I read every time it comes out. It's a great pick. It makes me so happy. It's a great pick. It really is. I, so She-Hulk went through a pretty rough patch a few years back. Uh, there was... Um, Bendis did a, a sequel to Civil War, Civil War II, and uh, Jen Walters got hurt really bad. And so the next time she had her own series... It was this dark, dour, like She-Hulk exploring PTSD. Not saying it's bad, but it wasn't She-Hulk. It wasn't what anybody wants from She-Hulk. And Rainbow Rowell came back. It came in and said, look, let's bring Jen back. And she's a lawyer and she's doing the superhuman law thing. And she's got a cute uh, boyfriend that she sometimes can't chuck because he'll explode well, in a you know. detonation of cosmic <laughs> fire. You know, that old story, that sure, old sure, chestnut. Sure. Uh, the art is really great. She's in a fight club, but like a friendly one where they just knock each other around. They to figure blow stuff steam. out. It's called yeah. Punch Club. Yeah. They've got jackets. It's like, it's, it's like bottoms. <laughs> it's great. It's so good. Like She-Hulk is like a, the, the She-Hulk comic book is like a warm hug. And that's why it's my favorite book of the year. It's my it's my favorite ongoing of the year. Teamwork. Oh, brother. We can do anything when we have teamwork. Don't you think so, my friend? No. If you're an old school superhero nerd, then you know there is nothing better than a team book. Be it the X-Men, the Justice League, or just a couple of heroes teaming up. We can't contain ourselves when our favorite superheroes get together. Joe Patrick, what was your best team book of 2023? Looking... Looking at our nominees, I can see that we both struggled to come up with team books because one of yours is a real iffy pick. It's a team up. uh, It's a team up. That's not the same thing as a team book. I mentioned the team up in the the intro, too. (laughs) No, man. A team book is like the Avengers. You tell me Power Man and Iron Fist are not a team. Is that what you're going to tell me? Not a team. Power Man and Iron Fist. Are they not a team? No. They're not a team. The Heroes for Hire are not a team. The Heroes for Hire are a team if the Heroes for Hire includes a roster of heroes. Power Man and Iron Fist are more than one person that do stuff together. They are partners. They are a team. That's like saying Batman and Robin is a team book. And when uh, it's not. Batman and Robin team up to fight crime. Do you agree with that? Not every. Yes, man. Okay. All right. I'm just checking. You're being being pedantic (laughs) on purpose. Just checking. A team book means the Avengers, the X-Men, the Justice League. But I digress. So My nominees. Are the, are, are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a team? There's only four of them. You know what? Does a it come team, down to math? A team, <laughs> no. A team is in a group that can have members come and go. That doesn't change a team up at all. Two guys could change. There could be one that's always there and some no. and someone else coming in and out. In fact, you yeah, just <laughs> no. when you come at me and you tell me that Marvel two and one from the eighties is a team book. No, yeah, here with that. It was a team up. Yes. It's a team up, yep. not a team book. Whatever. This all needs to make. I hope this all makes it onto the show. My nominees for best team book are birds of prey, 
Titans, world's finest teen Titans. The X-Men, just X-Men. Uh, that book is a bright spot in a in otherwise kind of uh, flagging uh, <laughs> roster of, of X titles. Um, and and this is a stretch, I'll admit it, but Transformers I included as a as a team book. But I'm only I like I didn't give up my Beppo for best team <laughs> yeah, book. My you don't, you don't get to book, come at me for my, <laughs> my choices. <laughs> I look, I said that we both had stretches. Members of the Transformers getting, don't come and go. <laughs> Yeah, but not every okay. The Autobots, though, not every Transformer is an Autobot. Not every good Transformer is an Autobot. All right. Jetfire isn't an Autobot all the time. Anyway, anyway, my best team book of the year: Birds of Prey, number one with a bullet. It's not even close. And I'm going to talk about this again in a in a few minutes. But Birds of Prey is a team that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I have very specific ideas about what makes the Birds of Prey great. It's not necessarily a set roster of characters, but there are certain characters I expect to be involved. There's a tone. um, And this new book by Kelly Thompson and Leonardo Romero nails it. Every single bullet point that I expected, they crushed it. It's so good. Birds of Prey is my best team book of 2023. Nominees for my best team book. I went with Immortal X-Men because I still enjoyed the bulk of what happened this year. I do not disagree towards the end of the year. Getting a little weird, but I've enjoyed the bulk of it. Birds of Prey makes my list. Titans made my list, which blows me away. Clobberin' Time is my team up from Marvel that I had to mention more than one place. And it's the thing, teaming up, you're on a team. I also have Transformers on my list as well. I actually am going to change my award and give it to Birds of Prey as well. I thought you were going to give it to Clobber in time just to spite me. I caught up on that today. I was two issues behind. It is just an outstanding book, and Kelly Thompson is killing it on that title. It is so nice to have Birds of Prey back acting like the Birds of Prey. You know, the ones that I know and love <laughs> like 100%. doing the job. I'm thrilled, even with Harley there, which is saying something because I don't care oh. about Harley. Uh, you know, I've kind of come around on Harley a little bit uh, when she's portrayed a certain way and Kelly Thompson portrays her in a way that I enjoy. She's doing it really well. Yes. Yeah. By far, the hardest award for us to give away is the best single issue of the year. And quite honestly, it's uh, I, I'm so thankful that Matt told us to save all of our reviews for the year, uh, because otherwise this would be an impossible task. With I've been doing it for years garbage. now. You just weren't doing it. No, I have been. I've been doing it. I have been doing it for years, but we've been around for 13 years and sure. for like the first for the first like nine, we didn't keep those records. True. With the amount of garbage we read for this show, a lot of quality can fall through the cracks, but somehow we find a way to remember that one comic we read in 2023 that stood above the rest. Matt, what single issue gets slabbed as the best of 2023 in the THN Permanent Collection? My nominees for best single issue start with A Vicious Circle. Number two came out this year. Number one came out last year. Lee Bermejo's 
time traveling murder mystery. It is mind bendingly good and just gorgeous. Absolutely the work of his career. Transformers number one has to be on here. Birds of Prey number one had to be on here. Nightwing number 100. I, we just, oh my God. That was a comic we almost I, cried I about when we talked about it. It was wonderful. Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees number one was just such a delightful surprise. <laughs> and Rare Flavors number one had to make that list as well, but I can't fight it. I have to give it to Transformers number one. It, it just, it lived up to all the hype. It did it. We got nothing but hype about this coming out. We thought there's no way it's going to be as good as everyone's saying there is. And you know what? We should have trusted DWJ. That guy's amazing. It was even better. I loved it. I, I, I can't argue with you. I can't argue with you. My nominees and uh, look, my list for a change. My list this year is big. My list of nominees. It is. Normally I struggle, but this year I was like, oh, but this was great. But this was great. Transformers number one, Birds of Prey number one, uh, Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees number one, uh, which we should say is by Patrick Horvath. We, yes. we hadn't mentioned that earlier in the show. It's by Patrick Horvath, writer and artist. Scarlet Witch number one by Steve Orlando and Sarah Pacelli. Uh, Duke number one, which just came out a couple of weeks ago by Joshua Williamson and Tom Riley. That comic kicks so much ass. Nightwing 100. Flash 800. Flash 800. A was comic really good. book that was nearly perfect. Yeah, it was really uh, good. Rare Flavors, number one, by Ram V and Philippe Andrade. And Faceless and the Family, number one, by Matt Lesniewski, that trippy, weird R. Crumb. I don't even know how to describe it. Go back and listen to the episode. Um, that book blew me away, but. It's Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey, number one. I read that book. You know, I turned off my iPad. And then I immediately turned my iPad back on and read it again. Like, that's exact. That's literally what happened. And I, I was blown away by Birds of Prey, number one. It's a great choice. And, yeah. and it's... I'm so glad that it's back. And any other, any other year that didn't have so many strong contenders Kelly Thompson probably would have won my people for best writer but yeah I, she is killing it at DC especially on Birds of Prey I'm so happy Excelsior oh. that is it for the 2023 Golden Beppo Awards. We will see you at Guy Gardner's place for the after party next week. It is the first new comic review show of 2024. And we're going to give you a preview of our Patreon Extra. If you need more THN in the meantime, join us for the Gang Hang Saturdays at 11 o'clock Central. Check out our Discord for details. Joe, tell them what else they can do at our Discord. And by the way... New programming alert. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned here for the very special announcement. Uh, on our Discord, we post a discussion thread for every episode. Most episodes, not this one, because obviously. Sure. With more info on what we're reading and why we liked or hated it before the show airs. Matt does that. I like to keep it mysterious. Perhaps you want to share your Mickey Mouse slash fiction now that he's in the public domain. 
You might like to join the new Creators Workshop channel to share and discuss your creative pursuits. Uh, Matt, did you change that to say per shits because no, I changed your script? I didn't. Turns out that came from me, baby. Yeah, you're the one uh, per shitting or, all over this script. I, I took a per shit all over it. Or maybe you want to answer the question of the week. This week's question. What are your nerd year resolutions for 2024? These are goals that you want to meet regarding your various hobbies. For example, organizing your comic collection, reading more indie comics, watching a certain number of movies, etc., etc. Nothing like losing weight or quitting smoking. I'm revisiting hyper-violent manga OVAs of the late 80s and early 90s. Oh, boy. (laughs) I want to watch them all. (laughs) What's an OVA? What does that mean? Original video animation. It wasn't part of a series. It was an original video animation. There was like a movie. Oh, so like a a standalone kind of movie thing. Yeah, exactly. Can't just call them movies, but I get it. Not your term. I know it's not your fault. Uh, Please keep your question of the week suggestions coming. Next week, we are going to talk about, just like a heads up for next week, we're going to talk about your best of 2023. So get your lists ready. Sign up for our Discord with the link at twoheadednerd.com slash Discord. And once you're allowed in, no jerks allowed. It's jerks You can post Z. about any of our, yeah, jerks with a Z. Yeah. You can post about any of our segments there or send an MP3 submission for the comic pushers, for Ask a Nerd, or whatever, to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. And we'll put you on the ding dang show. If you're new to the show and you cannot believe the book you've been working so hard on was not mentioned in any of these awards, I assure you, it's only because you haven't heard enough and you're not sending us enough money. The good news is you can hear the entire run of THN in our digital long box archive at tuitinard.com. THN is a listener-supported podcast. It would not be possible without the generosity of donors like Tom King, who paid a lot to win his award. I'm hey, kidding. Hey, hey. The entity formerly known as Mark Tarrington. Now, if you keep up with some of our uh, back episodes... You'll hear the uh, cautionary tale of what happened to poor Mark, but I'm happy to hear yes. that Mark his donations are still coming in. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, his family makes a nice, uh, a lovely end of year donation uh, every year, and it's very uh, we appreciate sweet. That. It's very sweet, and it's easy to support the show. You can sign up to be a patron at patreoncom backslash two headed nerd. I'm just happy that, like, even in his gelatinous state, he's still making money. Yeah, I just can't understand a word he says. Well, yeah. <laughs> Before we go. Our weekly shout-out goes to friend of the show and excellent Overwatch teammate, Ian Mondrick. Ian has made the THN Discord the new home for his indie comic salon. A live discussion show with up-and-coming comic creators and a studio audience, a virtual studio audience. Sure. That means you. The Indie Comic Salon makes its THN debut on our Discord server, again, live next Wednesday, January 10th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 8 p.m. Central for those of you that don't know how to tell time. Ian's special guest for the first THN Indie Comic Salon is Fellhound, creator of And We Love You and Commander Rao. Uh, and We Love You is from the pages of Commander Rao, it oh, turns gotcha. out. Mark it on your calendars and join the conversation. Again, all you got to do, come to the Discord and be part of it. Jump That's into it. the Indies, the Ian's Indie Comic Salon voice chat at 
9 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific, next Wednesday, January 10th. Pow! Until next time, true believers! Remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer may just take a huge per shit on your pile. This is the Two-Headed Nerd. Signing off! And wishing you a very happy 2024.